Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Hello, friends. I am back today and I am excited to share another client spotlight. I'm really loving this series. I hope you are too. I think it's so amazing that I can have this platform to share the voices of people who are living with obesity, who have learned to manage their weight, who've learned to love themselves fully and get to this place of really celebrating their health and wellness. So I think it's so neat that you can hear their voices because as much as, you know, you come here to listen to my voice, you probably want to hear their voices because they're going through it. So I think it's so special to share these real life stories. So today on the podcast, I have Sylvia Rodriguez da Silva, and she has been a client of mine for about a year and a half. She is a phenomenal woman. She inspires me so much. And she shares her story of how she really needed to get to a point of inner healing, of getting a lot of healing for her heart and her mind in order to successfully lose well over 60 pounds. And, you know, the weight loss is secondary, but she has overcome some kind of addictive tendencies towards food, but also gotten to a place where she loves herself, loves her life, and is now, you know, she describes herself as like uh, the new version of Sylvia who is taking life by the reins. And so I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. And please, as always, share it because other people need to hear this. Other people need to be inspired and they need to have hope that help is available. So if you find this inspirational, then do us a favor, share it with a friend. All right, listen and enjoy. Sylvia, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I am really excited to share your story. You and I have had a special relationship over the last year and a half, and I've loved seeing your journey. And I know that so many people are going to get value from hearing your story. So thank you. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. All right. Well, why don't we start just by you telling us a bit about yourself? Okay. So my name is Sylvia. I was born in Portugal. I'm 40 years old. I'm married for 15 years already wow. <laughs> and I have, yeah, and I have uh, two wonderful kids, Mafalda, which is 10 and Miguel, six, and I'm living the best life ever. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Okay. I love that. That, that is your kind of summary. I'm living the best life ever now. That's amazing. And talk about your journey to get here. Cause I know you didn't always feel that way. You've shared that before. So since a very young age, let's say 15, 16, probably, I will feel different from others, which I mean with this is when we'll be all on the table, um, I will realize that my relationship with food was different from other people. So I've, uh, I didn't know what it was, had no idea. For many years, I tried to find a doctor to help me because I knew that something was wrong and I, I didn't know what to do. But the, the doctor's answers were very hard to accept. So I will go into an office and they will tell me, okay, Sylvia, you know what you have to do. 
you have to eat healthy, exercise, and make it into a lifestyle, blah, 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 blah. Yes, Sylvia will try to do that. We'll be very successful for a very, for a very short, let's say, period of time. But then as long as I will, the first time I will do an exception for sugar or flour or some processed food, everything will go down the drain. So I will feel very bad, my fault, uh, why I'm not capable of doing this. I will have friends that they will be a little bit chubby, let's say, when they were teenagers, and then they realize, okay, I don't want to be this way. I will just eat healthy and be amazing, right? But not myself. So it was a, a long process until I get in match. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more in detail. Like you said, you had a different relationship with food. What did you identify? What, did, what, did, what was your experience? So I will eat without having control, let's say this way. Someone normal would just get a piece of cake, right? And be satisfied and okay, life goes on, right? And Sylvia will get one, two, three, and then we'll, we'll have leftovers. I will eat it until it's done. So yeah, those kinds of things that I will not see other people seeing doing it and uh, I was doing it. And most of the times I could not control myself. Mm-hmm. And when did that start? How young were you when that started? Very young, 16, probably before, even before. I don't have memories, but I've been overweighted my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure before I used to do that. I still remember the comfort when I was little. I cannot relate into an exactly age, but I remember myself young, younger than 15. And during the night, walk into the kitchen to eat. And I, if I close my eyes, I still feel the comfort that I will take from the food. Yeah. Yeah. And did you identify like looking back and you don't have to share the details, but were there like traumatic events or or stressors that you think that you were trying to comfort yourself from? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Things that I didn't know that existed, but uh, they were there right in the back of my mind. And then one day those things just came up and then I did therapy. I'm good. I'm, I know how to deal with those things and everything is fine now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this started when you were in your teenage years and persisted for many, 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 many years. So walk us through what that was like for you. Cause I know you've shared with me offline that that was really emotionally upsetting for you, that you felt so out of control and you've expressed feeling shame about it as well. So tell us, tell us what that was like. Cause I think a lot of people relate to that. Okay. So when I went to the university back home, I was very sick in that summer. So I've lost, before I, I was controlling myself with all the sweets and all of that. So I, I was in a process of losing weight. Then I was very sick and I've lost a lot. That's like when I was 19. And I can tell you that I, I would weigh seven kilograms, 70 kilograms by that time will be like my best shape that I ever remembered myself. And uh, I will go to the university. And then with all the stress from new people, and then I was a very good student. And the other friends, colleagues, they were not very happy with that, right? So they were not wanting to be friends with me because I was too good. 
comparing to them and all of those things. And uh, I started again to eat. I will eat one or two bars of chocolate every time, every single day before I go to school, right? Because mm -hmm. of the comfort that I mm -hmm. will have from the sugar, right? And will give me like some energy, right? To keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then here we go again, Sylvia, up like, I don't know, 20 kilograms in two months, probably, or something like that. Then I got engaged and then I, I wanted to be a little bit fitted, but the, the little bit fitted that I was, was 90 kilograms. So you can imagine that I was not fitted at all. So from 19 until I was 24, when I, 25, when I got married. So a huge gap, right? Yeah. Hold on. I just want to pause you for one second though. So, so, so sorry to interrupt, but I just want to point out that you said you lost a lot of weight because you were sick. Yes. Right. And you said you were at your healthiest at that time. And I just, I think it's ironic that you lost weight because of a sickness and in your brain, you still perceive that lower weight as healthy. And the reason I just want to point that out is because we have if I may, a little bit of a distorted view on what health is, right? That somehow thinner equals healthy. And if your weight is higher, it equals unhealthy. And that actually, if we look back, isn't actually true, right? You didn't, you weren't healthy at that time. You got sick and you lost weight. So I just wanted to point that out because I just think it's an interesting observation. Like we're so conditioned to believe that thin equals healthy. Yeah, you're so right because I was not worried. I, I almost died. Okay, so it was wow. something very dangerous, yeah. right? But I was yeah. not focused on that. Right. After the storm was gone, I was not happy because I survived. I was happy because I was thinner. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's that that conditioning that we have in our society. Okay, so I interrupted you, but I needed to highlight that. So walk forward. So from 19 to 24. Yes. So, and then I got married and I was... A for a couple years in Portugal, then that's when we decided to come to Canada in 27. Uh, I was 27 years old. And then that was the nightmare of my life. <laughs> because like I said before, I was from a small village. Like my parents, they used to have a garden. They will plant things. So even though I was eating unhealthy, but the base of the diet was a healthy diet. So we didn't have the the costume, like the, 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 we didn't used to eat pizza all the time, hamburgers all the time, fast food all the not at all, right? When, when we came to Canada and I was exposed to all of this junk, so I was very close to, well, the last time, the, the last record that I have from my weight was when I was pregnant with Miguel and I was 115 kilograms. So I don't know, but that's a lot of weight. And then probably two years after, like when I was around 36 or something, I start to, to watch for that. And I cut it a lot of things from my, from my diet. And then that's when the miracle comes. And when I was 38 years old, I met you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but before even in here, I will go into doctors' offices to like to ask for help. And even for you to have an idea, I went into a varicose vein specialist and she was a little bit chubby. So I, I was not afraid of asking, Oh, do you know a doctor that could help me? I don't know if she 
like got that wrong or not. But like what happened, she gave me your information, right? So I don't know if she already wanted help or if she knew about you. I don't know. But that's the doctor that gave me your information. Mm. And then I called in to book an appointment. And let me tell you my first impression when I walk into your clinic. Because I think I was only there one time, right? Because then COVID started. And to be honest, I was very nervous. And when I walked inside, and I think it was Sarah and Brianna at the front desk, right? And we all know they are pretty, beautiful, skinny, like young, everything you can name it, like they are princess. So I walked in there, obese, right? And I saw them and I said to myself, what am I doing here? Do you think it's here that you're going to get help, right? I walked inside and then Brianna came to talk to me, get my measurements, all of that. So nice and polite and all of that, like wonderful. I loved it. And then I was, okay, and now who's going to be the doctor? Because he said, okay, give us five minutes and that. And then Dr. Hai will come and meet with you. And I said, okay. So I had my heart pounding. And then I said, okay, after two princesses, what's going to come now? The queen? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> and you walked inside and first reaction inside of me, like, Okay, it's just another appointment for you to lose your time. But you showed me that doesn't matter how you look and you're going to make a difference in a lot of people's life. And I appreciate that for the rest of my life. Oh, thank you, Sylvia. I remember, I remember that first appointment where we met because it was a very emotional appointment for you. And I think that the thing that struck me the most was you you actually were more concerned about feeling out of control and that you just felt totally controlled by chocolate and sugar. And that actually bothered you more than your weight at all. I, I remember that. Would you say that that's, that's accurate? Yes, it is. So my weight was never a, like, I, I've never tried the crazy diets that we see out there because for some reason, maybe instinct, I don't know. I always knew that that was not for me. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I mm-hmm. had, but mm-hmm. I never related with that. I never tried those things, right? So yes, when you have a situation in your life, when you try to speed up on your car, to waste more gas, to go into a gas station, to have three, four, five chocolate bars as one shot, and you start having your life going around that, you think, okay, something is wrong, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I cannot mm -hmm. let this go. I was very lucky because I was always very healthy. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that if I keep doing that, that I was keeping myself healthy for long, right? Because I, I wouldn't. Then I will look at my kids and I will see like, I'm killing myself. This was the feeling. I am killing myself. I have no right to do that. I have, I choose to have two beautiful kids. I cannot fail them at all. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was worried about that because I was mm-hmm. feeling out of control. Yeah. And I, I just want to say that so many people 
have that experience where they feel like food is controlling them. They feel out of control and they feel like it's somehow their fault, right? Like they just have no willpower. There's somehow a character flaw. And that is something you and I've talked a lot about is that there are certain people's brains where it's really just neurochemicals in their brain that drives more kind of addictive wanting and urges for certain foods, particularly the highly processed foods. And that someone else's brain who isn't like that has no way of understanding that it's not your fault. It's not because you just don't have enough willpower and and you're a weak character, right? It really is your brain worked differently. And I think that that was one of the things we talked about right at the beginning of saying like, Sylvia, you are not a bad person. This is not your fault that this is happening, right? That there's real biology that is behind this. So the sentence that changed my life was so simple. Your first sentence to me after I tell you all the story, right, was simple as this. It's not your fault. And when you say it was very emotional because I felt like an explosion inside me, I couldn't control myself, right? Because I was 38 years old and someone acknowledged that I was suffering and that it was not my fault and that was willing to help me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was our very first appointment together. And that was about a year and a half ago. So walk us through, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are like, okay, I struggle with that so much. How have you overcome this? What, what has been the, the key for you to feel like you've got your life back, you're in control and you're not tormented by the shame also that you were dealing with. Okay, let's go into the first appointment too. I was the one walking into your office and said, okay, I've been doing this for a long time, going into the doctor's office and I don't want medicine. That's not what I want for me. So you need to find a way to help me. But because you showed me that I can trust you, right? And explain biologically how the brain works and how a medicine may be very beneficial in my case, I walked out of your office with a prescription for a medicine to help me. And I'm not ashamed of saying it. That was the best decision ever that probably I could not have done alone. Mm -hmm. And there is hope for people that starts with medicine. Now I am in the process to try myself without medicine. Mm -hmm. But even like you said before to me, if I have to go back into the medicine, it's just fine because obesity is like having diabetes, high blood pressure. People take medicine for the rest of their lives. And if I have to do that too, I will. I'm Mm -hmm. not afraid of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You, I, you really did benefit from using one of the medical treatments that helped manage that strong wanting within the brain. You're now trying without the medication and you're doing really, really well, which is amazing as well. And that speaks to the other really big part that I want you to share about is it's not one thing. It's not like take medication, you're fixed. Goodbye. Right. And, yeah. and I've certainly seen people who, who think that that is going to happen and, and are very disappointed. You've done so much work on your mind, which is a big thing that we talk about learning to identify those, uh, that inner critic and that voice, as well as your, the emotional side of things, right. That was driving the eating behavior. So tell us about that. Okay. So I say that, uh, day one of the rest of my life was when I left and when I met you. So now 
I'm on this new life with a new Sylvia and I'm loving it. It's a lot of work. Yes. It's hard. Yes. It's worth it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I went after the appointment and I went straight into the pharmacy. I got the medicine. I went home and I said, okay, another detail. I've never shared that I felt that I felt this way my entire life with anyone. Mm-hmm. When I say anyone, it's anyone, none. No, there's no one that could have ever helped me. First of all, because I hide. Second of all, because I didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And that day, I decided, okay, no more secrets. I'm going to change my life, and I need someone that understand what's going on with me because I'm going to need them, right? In the future, when I am down, they will understand that I'm down and they will be there to rescue me, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I came home and I did all the routine with my kids. Then I have my parents living with me. I told them, okay, the kids are asleep. I need to go out with the vids. So please just have a look into the kids. I went out with my husband and I told them, I told him everything. Everything I was feeling, everything that that I was in the the new process of doing it. And I said, this is the only thing that I've hide from you my entire life and for others, right? For everyone. And I'm going to need you in the future. I am going to need your support. So I told that day, my husband and my brother, those were the two people in my house that knew what I was going through. My parents, I was not capable of telling them the entire story for a long time. I would just say that I will have a problem with food, that I will eat with no control, not many details, not saying that I was feeling guilty, that uh, was my fault, everything. No. First of all, not because of them, but because of me, because I thought that they will be ashamed of mm, me, well. that uh, I will disappoint them because I pretended to be one thing my entire life and I was exactly something else, right? So, so all of that is a journey. So I, I want to, to make this clear. We can't do this journey alone, first of all, and we're going to need support. Mm-hmm. And support, sometimes it may not be from your family. Mm-hmm. It could be friends. It could be peers, like person, people like you, like we have the group, right? In the clinic. Mm-hmm. Our Facebook and, group and um, the clinic group. Yeah. Yes. So, but you can't do this alone and you don't need to do this alone. It's mm-hmm. way easier if mm-hmm. you ask for help. Mm-hmm. It's very hard in the beginning. Yes, it is. You don't want to admit it that you need help because you want to hide it because you have been hiding your entire life. So it's almost in you. So you, you don't even think it's like out of autopilot, right? So this is very important. I want people to understand, like, we need help. We need support. Doesn't matter which kind of support. It may help something for me. It may be different from what you need. And it's all right. And, uh, and it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. So that was the first thing that I did to start the journey. Yeah. Second of all was to follow what you, what you asked, right? And all the, 
like not the diet, right? But the the guidance, the, the eating eating the, guidance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I follow that and I try not to think about it much. What I did too. So I went to uh, the first time I met you was January in March. We were in a lockdown, everyone at home. And uh, what I decided to do was to start new hobbies. So I, I always wanted to learn how to knit because I have two grandmothers who used to knit for me. And uh, yeah, so I started doing that. I will spend more time with my kids. And to be honest, I think the medicine, the support that I was having, my willpower too, because if I didn't want to, I, I would not do it. And the fact that I had support from you, right? And all the guidance and all the support from the clinic, everything together, it made this process seem to be easy because you told me, like, you don't have to wait yourself because I was not a friend of a skill, skills friend at all. I will not even have one. And uh, like the freedom that I felt as being your patient was so big, was a huge thing for me. Like you, did, you don't have to wait yourself. You don't have to do, to, to log in all your food. Just make sure you follow the plate model and this and that. So was all the, these details came with time. Right. When I started to realize, oh, I'm losing weight, not because of the skill, because I will not go on it, <laughs> but my body was changing. My clothes were changing. The way I used to play with my kids was changing. And so I let it be natural. And because I didn't have to count calories to count this and not like, right, it was just a day to day thing. Like I will follow what I, what what's in there and just be happy. We 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 were all worried about COVID so most of the times, and that's how the process started. Yeah, you know, I think that that part surprises many people. Where we're like, hey, if you don't want to go on the scale, you don't have to go on the scale because so many people are used to like going to a weight loss clinic where they're weighed in a public setting and then they're shamed about it. And you know, we really don't believe in that. So I'm I'm glad that that was, you know, created freedom and a safe place for you. That's so important. I want to hear though, also you've done so much work in managing your mind and I cannot underemphasize or overemphasize. I don't know, but that part is so important, right? Learning to notice those thoughts that are not serving you and to reframe them. And then also the emotional regulation piece, which is just learning how to sit with all of those feelings without needing to you know, get rid of them through food or buffering behaviors. Tell us about that process. It was hard to acknowledge all the bad feelings and emotions that I had inside me because I will tell everyone that I was a happy person. But now that I was actually looking inside myself, seeing that dark place that I had inside me because of the obesity, was a huge impact. It was really hard to deal with. And like you teach us to be discomfort. Allow like the discomfort. It, mm-hmm. the, yes. And sometimes like just trying to knowledge what were you feeling instead of, okay, I'm not feeling well, let's go eat. 
Right. Because yeah. that's exactly yeah. what I used to do. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So I'm not feeling well. I'm going to have a seat. Let me just acknowledge. Let me see what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. What is my brain trying to tell me? I'm not hungry. I just ate. So it cannot be that. I just drink water. I'm not thirsty. So we start with the basics because your body it's, and your brain, it's your brain. It's so good on tricking your body. He will tell you messages that are exactly the opposite of what you need that moment. So my huge problem was the late night snacks and cravings because from a situation that I had in the past when I was very little, that was my unsafe spot. Evening until I go to sleep would be where I had some traumas in the past that I didn't know. And that will make my brain to go into a safe place. And I taught him, okay, if I eat, I will get that. So for the first time in my life, I was doing something against what my brain wanted me to do. And that was very hard. And uh, like acknowledging that all those emotions were okay, that I was still safe, I was still at home that I was still protected. And if I was in danger, I could always ask for help. So you just find Sylvia, you save. And uh, I will most of the times journal my feelings because in the beginning, I could not just do the, the entire process at once. Like acknowledging my feelings, understanding them, my emotions, and then okay, but you are safe, you are okay. No, I will just get my journal, write down, and then try to come down, do like some breathing, all of that, and go to sleep. I even implemented myself with a rule. After my kids go to sleep, I go in my room, and unless it's on the second floor, I'm not allowed to go downstairs because trigger kitchen right? Whatever. So I did that rule in the beginning for myself too. So my routine will go, kids to sleep. I go in my room. I have a couch there. I will sit and get discomfort. Write down, try to calm down, go to sleep next day. Whenever I will have a chance and courage, I will go into my journal again. Let me tell you in the beginning, I will not do that every single day. I couldn't. I could not handle all that emotions and feelings, but I will go there and cry most of the times because I didn't even knew, understand why, why was I feeling this? My life is perfect. I have healthy kids, healthy, a wonderful husband that supports me in everything I want to do in my life. So I have parents living with me now that that's the best that I ever wanted. And So what's my problem? Why am I feeling this? What's the reason for this? Until one day, my brain explained to me, you have a reason, Sylvia. So I had some traumas in the past when I was very young, let's say five, six years old, that were very traumatic and my brain just shut shut it down. That's when I asked help for a doctor and... uh, I did therapy for a few months. 
that's uh, I still remember one day I had an appointment with you and I said, okay, I, I'm like, I cannot do these two things at the same time. I need to put the clinic on hold a little bit because I need to figure out what's going on with this because I don't know how to deal. I need to learn how to deal. This is doing like an explosion inside me and I need to organize my life. So that's when I went to therapy. I focused on that and I understood what's going on. The person gave me all the tools that I needed to organize all those bad feelings and emotions, right? And uh, learn how to deal with them because they are part of my life. It happened and now I just have to know how to deal with it and learn how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so amazing, Sylvia, because, you know, many, many people who wouldn't be willing to do this work would just keep thinking, I just didn't find the right diet yet. I just need to try this diet. And what you're showing us is there was so much deeper healing that needed to happen. So there's the biochemical aspects of urges and cravings and kind of a sugar or processed food addiction that you were, you were initially struggling with. And then there was the deep kind of cognitive and emotional side that you had to, like, if you had kept eating, you would never even have known that you were struggling with that. And so when we took, it's like you take the food away and what's left is what, you know, it, you, you, kind of open up what needs to be healed on the inside of your heart. And then that gave you that opportunity to get the treatment and get the healing for the trauma that you experienced. Yeah. That's why I say that this journey has been an inside out journey because started inside, right? I started eating from the inside to the outside. So the weight loss is just a consequence of all the, the healing that I've done to myself. Beautiful. It's so amazing and like so inspiring to hear. Tell us now, you just told me before we started recording, you have something exciting that just started this week with your, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us. I'm laughing because I'm so nervous. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with these emotions yet. <laughs> it's all good. We embrace all the emotions. Let's just feel them. Yeah, so good. So I've been hiding myself from um, a career because I've been obese my entire life and I, don't, I didn't want to deal with people much. So I put a master's degree in marketing in a drawer until I'm 40 years old. <laughs> and I just enrolled the, this week myself into college. And even more amazing than that, I think, is that I'm forgetting, or at least I'm putting on hold my marketing career because I want to deal with people and uh, I want to I work with kids. So I enrolled into early childhood education because I think now with this new Sylvia, the kids can benefit from this too. I can help to raise kids that are our future and be a better myself. Like and learn every single day with kids. There's, there's nothing more pure in the world than kids. So instead of hiding myself, I'm exposing myself into the most critical 
people in the world, which are kids, because they are just, they just know the truth. They don't know how to lie and pretend what they see and it's not the truth, right? So, and I'm willing to be very happy for the rest of my life, helping growing kids. <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, I love your journey, right? You shared how because of shame around your, around your weight and around your difficult, your disordered eating behavior, the, the addictive pieces you hid, you didn't even go into your career, even though you had a master's degree. And now after all of the healing that you've worked so hard at, you are launching yourself out there. You're putting yourself out there in a new career where you're going to be in front of people. I'm just able to bring all of you, right? Like you have so much to give. You have so much love to give to the world. And I talk about this all the time, but like you have a circle of influence that you are supposed to impact in the world. And when you're hiding, you are doing a disservice, right? So now you're bringing yourself and the whole world is going to benefit. Yes. And oh my gosh, that's the first time I hear someone saying this about me and whoa, I am amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I get teary when I talk to you because it's so, so powerful to hear just the transformation. Like it's the internal transformation. I think that touches me the most. Yeah. You, you've had a very significant weight loss and your body has changed, but your mind has, has become empowered and you believe in yourself and you love yourself and you've learned how to show yourself compassion and kindness. And that is what touches me the most. That's what touches the people around you. How would you describe Sylvia now compared to Sylvia before? <laughs> I don't recognize myself. This is just like deep inside me. I would say that I knew that I was this, but my weight was keeping me away from being this. I'm going to frame it again. Like, and most of the times will not be the other people, would be myself. I would be my main enemy. Yes. Yeah. The term, like, you had internalized weight bias that you were shaming yourself because of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So painful. Right. I will just, I would like to just mention something else please. before we finish, please. Yes, yes. Related with something that I <laughs> struggled with you for over a year and a half, which was exercising. <laughs> uh -huh. Right? Yeah. But let me tell you that I, I never had a very good relationship with exercise. I was always bullied, right, at school because... I was overweighted. I couldn't do the same things that the other kids would do. So every time I tried to exercise, the experience was not good. Even when I, 2019, I think I enrolled myself into a gym, but I went into the first session, right, with a personal trainer. And the man just killed me because I could not move for the next week. Oh, goodness. Right. So, and I was like, okay, so when every time you would talk about exercising, how mm -hmm. good and how beneficial could it be for you? I will say, I'm sorry. You can ask me everything. Ask me to not eat all day, but exercising never. Now, that's not for me. I'm so sorry, Dr. Hyde, to disappoint to you, but <laughs> uh, I can't. Right. So, in all this process, I decided to give it a chance, but on my terms. 
mm-hmm. my way mm-hmm. with the new Sylvia that I had new. So I started very slowly because I have a very active boy who loves to run. I would take him to the park and we will go and run around the park together. And I was like, oh my gosh, everyone is looking around. And I would just say to myself, everyone is looking at you because they wish they could be you. Yes. They wish that they could have that step. Even though you are overweighted, that you cannot run for a minute, doesn't matter. You are doing more than that people that is looking at you. So mm. probably they are just, they, they're not doing a negative thinking of you. They just jealous because they are not you, mm-hmm. right? And I will keep going. And never I will feel tired. I would stop. When I will feel discouraged, I will come home. I never give up. Next day I will feel sore. I will not go. I will not force myself. I will stay at home, do something else, quietly with the kids, whatever. Next day I'm feeling okay. Let's go five more minutes. So I started very, very slowly on my way, not depending on anyone else. So let me tell you that this journey started probably in end of April, beginning of May. Then the, the weather started to get better. So that's when we started to go out. And in June, I started to do some YouTube videos with the more straight exercising, right? So someone that started with you refusing to exercise is waking up every morning by 5.30 in the morning. Oh my goodness. Okay. Exercising in the basement. Wow. At six o'clock to be taking a shower by 6.45, 7 to wake up the kids, start the morning routine. And let me tell you how that was helpful for my mental health. And yes. another thing, surprising thing that I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you that uh-huh. I don't remember if I told you before, maybe. The adrenaline and all the good feelings that you feel after the workouts, it is so, so similar after you having three or four chocolate bars. Interesting. So now you're getting it from exercise. Cool. Very right? cool. Mm-hmm. Until the moment I acknowledged that was hard to go and exercise. The moment that I start to looking at myself, having a moment, okay, now I, I'm done exercise. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to see how am I feeling? What is my body telling me? Yeah. What is my brain telling me? Yeah. Right? And I was so surprised mm-hmm. when I said, like, oh my gosh. I'm so energetic now. I'm so happy. I love it. Happy. Yes. Happy. Yes. Like the other day I mentioned this in the group and sometimes I, sometimes it's even harder for me, hard, still hard for me to share because like you said before, I'm not afraid of words and I just say what I feel, right? And sometimes people, which I understand, they very self-controlled with words. And sometimes when they hear people saying things that are very strong, I don't know how they react, right? But I just said this, which is the truth. And that's what I feel. And now I don't hide how I feel for anyone. 
If I'm okay, I'm okay. If I'm not okay, I'm not okay. If I'm happy, I'm happy. Sad, I'm sad. If I need to cry, I cry. That's it. That's life, normal life. And I just said, I've never been so happy my, my entire life, not even when my kids were born, because I had a dark side inside me, even when I had them. So now I'm free. That's amazing. No one controls me besides yeah. me. I decide what I want. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. So again, exercising. Take your time, but don't give up. Just don't give up. Keep trying because one day, I'm not going to say that is the best thing ever. No, of course not. I still someone that it doesn't love exercise, but I love all the feelings that I have afterwards. Yes. Right? Yes. And I love how my body is looking now too, because this is not about the body, but it is too. So yeah. when we put all the pieces together, when we start building up this puzzle and all the pieces start to connect, it's beautiful. Mm. And life, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, but it's worth it. Ah, that's so, so good. So, I mean, I love that you described just like starting out so slow with exercise and exercise has so many benefits, weight loss, not, not really one of them. So I I always like to talk about that, but it's so important to help you maintain your weight. It's so important for all of the chemicals that make you feel good in your brain. And, and I love that you're experiencing that so inspiring. Sylvia, you've shared how you've had your heart healed, how your life has opened up, how you have confidence now to engage fully in your life the way that you deserve to. And it's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing your journey. I think this has inspired so many people. Is there one last thing that you want to leave us with? Any kind of closing thoughts? Yes. First of all, I would like to thank you and my family because without both of these pieces will be impossible. And when I say impossible, it's impossible. Having a doctor with you, it's a privilege. I, it may not be for everyone, but for Dr. High and Dr. Sylvia, and Sylvia, we're just a team. And mm-hmm. we built this new Sylvia. So Amazing. I have to thank you because my life, you change it. And the life I have now, you helped me to reach it. So thank you so much. It is such a pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, for everyone else who's struggling, I would say, keep searching for help. Your day will come. Never give up. Like I never did. I don't know what, what kept me going after all the doors that kept shutting on my face, but I found you. And I'm sure everyone in this world will find someone that in a way or or another will help them. Sometimes it doesn't need to be a doctor. Ask someone for advice. Ask a friend. I don't know, right? Whatever, it's better for that person. But don't give up. And it's possible. It's possible to overcome obesity. And it is possible to be happy again, or in my case, to learn how to be happy because I've never been fully happy for my whole life. Wow. 
And you absolutely deserve it. Sylvia, thank you. This has been so wonderful. I've loved hearing more of your story and I thank you for your bravery and sharing it as well. Oh, very welcome. Thank you for this opportunity. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.